together for a little sense of completion to the uh, theme song we just heard. One, two, three, go. Great. Okay, terrific. That was good. And we've started. Hello, guys. I'm Zach Sherwin. I'm your guest host uh, for Put Your Hands Together tonight. Holy shit. You guys ready to do this comedy show? That was unconvincing. Let's all fake it till we make it. Are you guys ready to do this comedy show? I knew you had it in you. Um, I'm so glad to be here, you guys. I was, I got here just a few minutes ago, and I was rushing through the lobby to check in and make sure the show would start on time, and I said to the guy at the door, hey, I'm hosting the show, can I just, and he was like, yeah, sure, go on in. And then as I went down the hall behind me, I heard whoever I'd cut in front of say to that guy, oh yeah, we're also hosting the show, all 32 of us, me and my friends. Who, who was that, whose bit was that out in the crowd? Nice. Did he... It's a bit of a dad joke, but I'm very sympathetic to those. Did, uh, did the host, did the guy at the door find it amusing? Or at least play along? Slight smile? All right, we'll take it. The genre isn't great. I do those so much, man. I'm, I'm on your team. This is, I checked into a hotel not long ago, and the person behind the desk said, your room will be a non-smoking king. And I said, just like it's occupant. And they're trapped. They have to deal with the fact that you said it. My friend just defined dad jokes for me. He was like, it's when the person who you say it to, like, has to receive it graciously. (laughs) So, that guy at the door could have been like, it's five bucks, dude, or whatever it is. But he gave you a slight smile. That's actually really generous of him. This section over here, look, don't worry. I'm going to look over. I I was in high school debate. I learned that you're supposed to make eye contact with everybody in the room while you're performing, so I'm going to look over at you from time to time. I have to lavish most of my attention on this part of the room, but uh, I'm going to make sure you guys get yours. You don't just get the profile. Sometimes you get to bask in the full-on countenance, so do not worry. I voted. Clap if you also voted. Nice. Or just hold up your sticker. And uh, do people who didn't vote want to clap? Nice. Did anyone not vote, like, you know, to make a statement? No one's clapping for that one. No, you can. I won't shame you. I just would be interested to hear about it if you have something to say. Did anybody take a principled stand, or are you just lazy pieces of shit who didn't make it to the thing? All right. Elpos. L poses. It's tough to do with the S on the end. It also makes it plural. Oh, never mind. Um, I, uh, I smoked a ton of weed last night. I smoke a little weed sometimes, but not a lot of weed all at one time. And uh, it was more than I usually do. And I woke up this morning and I was like, gotta vote, first thing. And I was still so high that I actually don't remember the process of voting. I know who I, who I voted for, and I'm not going to say. Uh, but... Um, I didn't do any research besides who I was going to vote for for president in the political party that I 
with which I am aligned. And uh, um, I was like, I got to look at the LA Times recommendations so that I'll like know who... I, it's like one step better than doing no research. You're like, <laughs> I trust the LA Times to decide my future. So I was in the voting booth. It was a different polling place than my usual one. So I was all disoriented to start with. And... Uh, I was standing in the voting booth, stoned out of my mind, trying to Google different publications, endorsement rosters. Really, st- I think I was in there for like 20 minutes. Uh, no one checked on me, but I could tell that the vibe was a little bit weird. So, But I'm still a better citizen than you lazy pieces of shit who didn't go out and vote. Hey, I got my sticker tattooed on me, you guys, to flash in anyone's face who needs it. So there's some topical material. Um, I guess I'll work the crowd a little bit to warm you guys up. Does anybody specifically not want to get engaged with? Just do a subtle gesture of like laying a finger on the side of your nose, and I will, I will not come to you if I find you and start engaging with you. You appear to have a colorful hat. Is that true? What's the, what's the, scoop? What's the scoop on the hat? I have a light in my face. Is it for a specific thing? Kansas City. Kansas City. Okay, I'm from Springfield, Missouri. Let's talk about it. Overland Park? Nailed it, you guys. Who am I? Brody Stevens? That's amazing. I mean, wow. Incredible. I used to go up to Overland Park for youth group events and hope to, but usually not get, hand jobs at various synagogues in the area. Were you involved in Jewish youth group when you were still in, in Overland Park? No. You missed out. Cool. So it's, it's like a Kansas City baseball hat, but more colorful than usual. For, for the podcast listeners at home, it's all screen printed and shit. It's super fucking dope. Way to rep it. Okay, nice. Good interaction. I, I knew a place, and it made people laugh. I'll ask you guys all to harken back to the times that I have made you laugh so far at moments like that. Don't worry, guys. I'm not mad at you. It's fine. You seem smiley, plaid shirt. What's your name? Yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Believe it. It's happening. What's your name? Mike? Ryan. Oh. Close. They, they are sort of close. They're four letters long, and the first vowel sound is kind of an I, so back off, Mike. <laughs> Just kidding. Ryan, nice to meet you. Where are you from? Let me guess. Can I guess the state? Sure. Pennsylvania. No, but sort of close. What is it? Michigan. Michigan. That is sort of close to Pennsylvania. Closer than Mike and Ryan. Closer than Mike and Ryan, I want to repeat all your repartee for anyone who's listening at home and can't enjoy it in the room. Well, I was going to say that someone being from Michigan and then you guess that they're from Pennsylvania is like the state guessing equivalent of a slight smile, like you're not totally off, but I guess your thing was better, um, where you took me down a notch or two for mishearing. While a crowd reacted enthusiastically to things that were happening. If that's a crime, then punish me, guys. Go ahead. I'll, I'll absorb the brunt. Um, great. Michigan? Yeah. Are you a youper? No. That's Michigan, right? Yeah. Upper is. Peninsula, Fair. for anyone who doesn't know. Does everybody in the room know that Arby's is called Arby's because it's like RB for roast beef? Oh. Yeah, I try and tell people that. I just want to make sure people are aware that that's going on. Just kind of a public awareness campaign. Nice. Do you think that you embody typical Michigan like values and just like the way you move through the world? Judging by her laugh, I would say no. 
I guess. Judging by your companion's laugh, you would say no. Yeah. That is a cryptic answer. <laughs> We're both I don't even know what I mean by the question, so you guys... Yeah, none of us are sure. Well, I just got a light telling me that I have only enough time to do the thing that I'm planning to do to close out this opening set. So we're going to have to leave this enigma uncracked. Um, Today, by the way, is the anniversary of the day Alan Turing died, you guys. Speaking of enigma, um, just to bring it all together. So you guys don't even know. This is the tip of the iceberg. We have such an amazing show. Um, So I'm going to close out this opening set by... um, performing a song for you guys um, and it's called Spartacus and I'm just going to put that there so you guys can see. Can you guys see this? Over there? Cool. Everyone can see reasonably well. Podcast listeners, (laughs) shit out of luck. All right, here's Spartacus. DJ, drop that beat for me, por favor. Yeah, I'll take it even louder. Oh, there it is. The tech booth underestimates you guys. They think you can't handle the thump. But I know you can, UCB. Spartacus, here we go. I don't battle rap, but if I did, I'd do it with brutality and heartlessness. I'd be bad to the bone and brave to my opponents caved, like the Roman slave named Spartacus. Now, if you don't know the facts on Spartacus, I'd be delighted to provide you with a partial list. Here's the history. He's from a place called Thrace. It's where Bulgaria is today. The Romans trained him as a gladiator, and he was great at it, but he wasn't glad he wasn't free. He freaking hated it. No question this oppressed Thracian wasn't destined just to accept his fate. No, he made an escape plan. The plot succeeded, and he was chosen by the band of slaves he brought to freedom as the boss and chieftain that they thought should lead them as they fought the soldiers sent to accost and besiege him. War all across the region. Spartacus was the kiss of death to whole lots of hostile legions of clods and cretins who wound up with their paws, feet, and a bunch of other body parts chopped off and bleeding. Lives lost when they paid the high cost of beefing with SP and got tossed in mausoleums. They ought to beat him because the odds weren't even, but though they had the greater numbers, they could not defeat him. And I'm a humble hip-hop comedian, much less mob deep than Joss Whedon or Buster Keaton. But if I did battle rap, off the deep end, commit some atrocities you would not believe in. An impossibly colossal, awful demon, scorched earth, nuclear holocaust I'm seeing, and it would be inspired by the champion of Vox Populi. Me and Spartacus, two peas in a pod, real talk, no artifice. I would throw my foes down a dark abyss. All these sucker-ass rappers who suck at raps. They're the reverse of Spartacus. Really, if you spell Spartacus in reverse, then it'd suck at raps. I don't battle, but if I did, I'd be as hard as Spartacus and you could give my hind part a kiss. Thank you, guys! Leave that beat running so there's some energy while I bring up your first performer! You guys are such a good crowd. You got it in you to keep that up the whole show! Your first comic tonight. Oh, snap. I'm glad I kept it going. More people are coming in the room. Other people who already had a seat are moving. Shit is happening. All right, you guys. I'm very excited to welcome new people. How's it going? Take a minute to get oriented. You're late to the show, and you're seated in the most visible place in the room. You don't even understand why this is happening, but you're here, and you're great, and we're delighted to have you guys. I'm thrilled to bring your first former to the stage. He's one of my oldest friends in L.A. He's a wonderful dude, an amazing comedian. He just sold the TV show to Comedy Central, so you'll be seeing a lot more of him in a televised context. Please welcome Jake Wiseman!
Jake Wiseman. Fantastic. You guys are great. Um, I'm going to keep things moving along. Um, we have a million good comedians on this show, and you deserve to have them. Uh, this next guy coming to the stage uh, is a writer for some e-cards. Please enjoy Ken Schultz, you guys. Ken! Hey, guys. So tonight is a uh, bit of a comedy dream come true tonight. It's actually a showbiz dream come true. Uh, first time I have ever performed comedy directly across from the Scientology Celebrity Center. Which, by definition, is as geographically close to success as I have ever been. So, it's quite awesome. Uh, do you guys have racist Facebook friends? Anybody here, out of curiosity? It, yeah, which is just another way of asking, are you on Facebook? Because if you are, you'll notice, anytime there is a racial issue in the news, like last year, the Baltimore riots, or in the fall, the police shooting in Chicago, racists flock to Facebook immediately, like it's promising to make America great again. <laughs> And racists always say one of two things when they see issues like that in the news on Facebook. The first thing they say, like when they see the riots, is, well, how could they be doing this to their hometown? This is where they live. These guys must be thugs. And this happens anytime racists see black people rioting on television. Meanwhile, if someone were to do that exact same thing on TV, who looked exactly like me, their first response would be, oh, I guess the Cubs must have won. Which is a joke that works really well until mid-October, and then not so much, nope. <laughs> Second thing racists say in situations like that is, well, no, you don't understand. It's a hard job being a cop. And okay, yes, we know, of course, it's a very hard job. But there are many other hard jobs out there, and not one of them has caused a rapper to write a song called Fuck NASA. which is also as topical as my hip-hop references get. So as long as we're in 1989, we're doing okay, friends, yes. I did once get busy in a Burger King bathroom. Thank you for asking, yeah. We all agree, parents just don't understand. That's right. It's getting kind of hectic is what I'm saying. I could do this all night, people. I watched The Grind in 1992. It's okay. I'm old. Uh, Jake was talking about the election coming up, and uh, the thing about the election that I think pretty much all of us can agree on at this point, we know that Donald Trump is a shitty, shitty bigot. Yes. And I don't say that, by the way, to say that Donald Trump is a terrible person, which well, he is. <laughs> I say it because it turns out Donald Trump is bad at racism. Yes, because a couple months ago, Trump held a press conference, announced to the world, if elected president, he would ban every single Muslim from entering this country. And when he was asked, okay, Mr. Trump, how would you identify someone as a Muslim at the border? His response was, I will ask them. <laughs> so Trump believes every single Muslim in the world is a terrorist and a jihadist intent on destroying the very foundation of our society today, but they all believe in the honor system. <laughs> Ted Cruz, of course, was even worse, and he is gone, and that is good, at least. Ted Cruz, and I bring this up only because Ted Cruz, I don't know if anybody ever saw this quote that summarizes him more than any other thing he's ever said. Ted Cruz, in a speech, once told an audience, in his words, LGBT people are declaring jihad against people of faith. Jihad, he said. Because nothing says LGBT-friendly gay pride like fundamentalist Islam. <laughs> based on all those ISIS videos you see that translate to, it's raining men, Allah Akbar, it's raining men. <laughs> Allah Akbar in this case means it gets better, so. <laughs> Five people read Dan Savage, would have guessed more, okay. 
I am actually uh, L part of the LGBT community myself, too. Uh, I am the B in that giant alphabet soup of letters. I am a bisexual man, which means I am a... One guy agrees. That's good. Yeah, that's <laughs> actually... Considering most rooms, that's an improvement, so... Uh, because, yeah, that means I'm attracted to men, I'm attracted to women, and everybody thinks I'm lying. <laughs> My OkCupid okay profile might as well say hometown in Narnia, so... Uh, and the thing is, I am uh, 37 years old and actually only came out uh, as bisexual to the family about a year and a half ago, which at 36, 37 is a very old age to be having your own after-school special. <laughs> like, I should not be at this age bouncing a basketball in the high school gym going, hey guys, crack is foul. <laughs> it was a night, too. Uh, this is absolutely true. Came out to my father and my sister in the car ride home from Christmas Eve Mass. Yeah, which is just my way of saying, yeah, guess what? Prayer doesn't work. <laughs> Sorry. And I only bring that up, by the way, because it gets at the heart of the fear that went into that moment for me, the coming out conversation. In my mind, I couldn't get over the fear that there was no transition into coming out to the family, especially from Christmas Eve Mass. No way to be like, yeah, remember that part of Mass where everyone got excited to put a dude's body in their mouth? <laughs> Funny thing. <laughs> was a settler. I like that. That's good. <laughs> By the way, if you are going to come out like that, always do the Rodney at the end. I'm not sure why. It goes down much easier. So, and it's the sky point. Uh, family responded well. My dad said he loved me, said he was proud of me, which is something he never said in Little League. Uh, my mom said, hey, it's your life, which again, is great. Although I realize that's also what they said when I told them I wanted to be a comic. So I think it's your life is just mom for, well, at least it's not hand jobs for crack. <laughs> Although even if it were, even if I did go up to my parents, was like, uh, yeah, mom and dad need to let you know, I'm doing handies for rocks. They'd be like, hey, do what you love and the money will come. <laughs> Favorite thing that happened though, since I came out to the family, actually happened relatively close to that event. Uh, last year, there was a viral video on YouTube of a vlog where two twins came out to their father in real time. I don't know if anybody saw it. it had like 22 million views. Yeah. One person in this room, that's good. <laughs> and it was very moving, a very inspirational thing. Next day, these twins were on The Ellen Show. And Ellen was like, hey, just want to let you know it was very, very brave what you did. We're all very, very proud of you. Here's a check for $10,000. <laughs> I did not know gay came with a signing bonus. <laughs> and that's what would make coming out better for everyone. If you could be like, uh, yeah, mom and dad need to let you know that I'm attracted to guys. And Neil Patrick Harris jumps out, in a new car! <laughs> it's been a lot of fun, guys. Have a good night. Thanks. Ken Schultz, you guys. I bet more people in this crowd know who Dan Savage is than reacted when he talked about that. <laughs> Clap if you know who Dan Savage is. Where were you? It's okay. <laughs> Clap if you don't know who Dan Savage is, but do know what the It Gets Better project is. Hmm. <laughs> That's Dan Savage's thing. Now you know. Did you clap before for knowing who Dan... Oh, no, I already asked that in the question. Never mind. <clears throat> it's a comedy show, guys. That was comedy, by definition, the thing I just did. <laughs> Sometimes I drink water while I pee. and pretend I'm a Brita. <laughs> Barometer joke. Okay, 
Fantastic. Well, you guys are great. Um, you're doing a terrific job. I'm learning things from you. And you, I feel like, are learning things from me. How's it going on stage? Is it, do you feel exposed? Yes? It's pretty gentle, though, right? Do you guys hate... Raise your... <laughs> who do you think hates being interacted with by the comedian the most? Is, is there any of you who really hates it? I'm trying to read your faces, and you all seem okay. Yeah, of the four of you, which do you think hates it the most? <laughs> you seem very comfortable. You're good at this. You're faking it till you make it. Yeah, you're welcome. And look, I'll reward you by just moving right along. And does any of you kind of like thrive on it? Maybe like a little of the performing bug yourself and a little shine doesn't hurt anything? Maybe someone in the group like that? Your friend pointed at you. Yeah, you guys pointed back and forth at each other. Nice. So you're, um, you like attention, but you're not like, you know, primas Donna. Is that the plural of that, you guys? Primas Donna? <laughs> Like attorneys general is definitely not. Your colorful pants would go great with Kansas City's colorful hat. Can you hold that up so she can? Yeah. Every time I host this show, I'm so conscious of the unseen listener, Jesus. No, the, uh, the people listening to the podcast. I bring them up a lot when I host. Get over it, Zach. Listeners, if you're listening to this and you're like, well, I, I can't picture colors. I don't know what these pants and hat look like. Then get yourself a ticket to Los Angeles, if possible. Or hit me up. I'm Zach Sherwood on Twitter, and I will fly you out here so you can see what colorful clothes in L.A. look like. <laughs> and that is my dismount for this little transitional set, you guys. Um, I am delighted to bring your next performer up to the stage. Uh, we're really excited to have her on the show. Please welcome Claire Mullaney, you guys. Claire! How are you all? Yeah. Are you well? Good. Um, I, I just right out the gate, I want to explain. I'm not wearing my jacket because I'm cold. I'm wearing it because I lost confidence in my top. <laughs> so in case you're under the impression that I'm chilly, I'm not. I'm a little hot. <laughs> I'm a little hot. But the shirt I put on is like slightly see-through, and that's never been me. <laughs> So, I went with the coat. It does not breathe, if you're wondering. It doesn't breathe. Um, my high school reunion was uh, a month ago. I didn't go. But it got me thinking about high school. I, uh, I went to a Catholic school in Chicago, and we all kind of had the same names. Like, I was one of eight Claire's, and there were at least a dozen Graces. <laughs> Like, every other girl was named Grace. I think in the 80s, every Catholic parent was like, how about Grace? How about that? That's a word that means something in our religion. Um, but uh, the best thing that ever happened in high school was we all got to school uh, my senior year one day, and someone had written, Grace is a bitch, uh, on the cafeteria window in shaving cream. And everyone knew which grace it was referring to. Because <laughs> there were a lot of graces, but only one was a bitch. <laughs> it was great. Even the teachers knew. I went to my first period class, and my teacher was like, who would do that? Who would say that about Grace O'Brien? 
Didn't say O'Brien. But you are correct. Um, I just moved here recently from New York. And I like it a lot here. Uh, it's weird to me that people still say they love New York. Because it's, um, it's an unpleasant place to live. I would go so far as to say bad. It's a bad place to live. Um, yeah, I, I didn't like it very much. You know, but people still say it. They're like, oh, best city in the world. I love it. City that never sleeps. If you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. Those are both bad things. <laughs> that means, like, chances are you'll fail and you never get to rest. <laughs> but please come and buy our T-shirts. Yeah. It's just, it's not the best city, it's just the most famous city. Do you know what I mean? And if you've ever had any contact with celebrities, you'll know the most famous ones are not the best. <laughs> no one's ever been like, I just met Madonna and she was amazing. <laughs> I mean, we like, we got pizza, we talked about music. That's never happened. <sighs> um... I realized recently that I always thought I was a good kid, like in middle school and high school, but I was only good compared to my friends, and my friends were insane. <laughs> Anybody else? <laughs> I like started drinking and smoking cigarettes in the eighth grade, and I was the good one. I was like the goody two-shoes, swilling McMiller lights. Like in high school, my friends were like snorting Adderall and Coke, and I was like, I'm cool over here with my beer and my parliaments. <laughs> Mom's okay. She'll just sit in the corner, chugging beers and chain smoking. And I was like the mom. I still don't understand it. But I, I never really, I never really could do drugs. Not that I like disapprove of them, but I just don't need them. Like I'm a very anxious person. I'm always worrying about like death and dying. It's a very cool, fun way to live. Um, so anytime I think I'm going to die and then I don't, I get the most amazing natural high. It's incredible. It's just the best. Recently I had to take a, a flight from Denver to a small town in Colorado in what I can only describe as a toy airplane. Like the pilot was this big in plastic. And when we landed, the fact that I wasn't dead, for me, that was like pure MDMA. I don't need anything more than that than to just not be dead. It's the same reason I don't ride roller coasters. Like, when you're an anxious person, every day is a roller coaster. Like, you know when you're on an elevator and it gets to your floor, but the doors don't open right away? There's like a three-second delay. Are you familiar with this horror? Here's what happens in my brain during those three seconds. Oh my God, oh my God, we're stuck, we're stuck. I live in this box with three strangers. That is, of course, until we all suffocate and die. And then the doors open and I'm like, woo! I'm alive! That's in my head. Uh, from the outside, I just look like this. Oh, this is me. So you wouldn't know. You wouldn't know. I also just don't like how drugs are offered to me. Like, I'll be at a party and someone will come up to me and say, you know, hey, you want to smoke? And just assuming that I know they mean weed. 
it seems very cocky on behalf of weed. <laughs> It'd be like if I came up to you and I said, hey, you want to eat? And the subtext of that was, and you know I'm talking pasta. <laughs> what the hell else would we eat? Pizza? Are you insane? This is not a pizza party. By the way, in that metaphor, pizza was meth. In case that wasn't super clear. <laughs> pizza was meth. The last time I ever did drugs was a total disaster, so I'll tell you that story, and I think you'll understand why I'm not cool anymore. Um, I was in college, and a bunch of friends and I went away for the weekend, and one of them baked a pot cake, which, as you all know, is a cake with pot in it. <laughs> And before that, I had smoked a little bit, but what I didn't know was that there's a huge difference between smoking pot and eating it. When you smoke it, you know how much you're consuming, because you can see it, and you know when it'll hit you, because the when is now. <laughs> when you eat pot food, you know neither of those things. Eating pot food is like going up to a stranger and saying, hey, at some point today, And I don't want to know when. I want you to attack me. I don't want to know when. Okay? Also, and this is very important, I don't want you to actually hurt me, but I want to feel like you might. All right? I want a real sense of danger, even though in reality... I'm quite safe. <laughs> so we ate this pot cake. Also, you should know, it was Funfetti cake, so it was just so fucking good. <laughs> it was like so good. We gobbled it up like monsters in a parking lot, and then we went to a bowling alley. Some of you already know this was a bad idea. <laughs> so we went to this bowling alley. It was like wall-to-wall -wall kids' birthday parties. And for a while, everything was fine. We were bowling. We were having a medium fun time, because bowling is medium fun. At some point, I get up to bowl, and when I turn around, all of my friends have their hands on their knees, and they're staring at the ground. And one by one, they say, this is bad. Something's wrong. I don't like this. And I said, you're all making excellent points. This is bad. Something is wrong. And I don't like this. So we all agreed that we were doomed. We sat there in silence from anywhere between five minutes and two hours. Now, one of my friends, who I'll call Kenny, but his real name's Keith. Kenny. Kenny ate two huge pieces of this pot cake. I would call them bricks. He ate two bricks of pot funfetti cake. Not because he loved drugs. He had actually never done a drug in his life. But because the poor darling loved cake. So at some point, as we're sitting in silence, 
he looks up and he says, I can't see. (laughs) So another friend of mine who was a grade older, you know, when you're in school, like that gives you authority for some reason. He turns to me and he says, Claire, call 911. And I did. I called 911. So one of the many reasons I shouldn't run for office is that this 911 recording exists. 911, what's your emergency? Hello. I'm at the Rip Van Winkle bowling alley in Milford, Connecticut, and my friend can't see. I'm sorry, he can't see? That's right, he's gone blind. Okay, ma'am, can you just give me your name, please? No. Please just come. And they came. And they laughed. (laughs) They laughed and laughed. And we didn't die. But I haven't done a drug since. And you understand. (laughs) Thanks, guys. I'm Claire Mullaney. Claire Mullaney, you guys. I fell in love with you as an audience during that set because of how sad you were when you learned Kenny had never done a drug before. I was on the fence, but I was like, these guys are total sweetie pies. Man, that dude should have voted. From before. I voted high today. I'm using you to remind them, just in case the thing I said was hilarious, and uh, people just didn't remember. So, verdict rendered. Can I tell you one more dad joke story? I have so many of them. You probably do too, right? Then you aren't paying attention. You definitely do. Uh, I was talking to a friend... And I said, so what's going on, man? Small talk, cocktail party, chit-chat. And he goes, "Um, I've gone surfing before work every day this week. And I said, wow, every day? And he goes, yeah, I do activities in waves. You guys, in waves, (laughs) surfing. And I go, in waves? And he was like, yeah, surfing, yoga, whatever it is. And uh, I just felt so profoundly alone. It was just the two of us talking. So it's nice to be able to tell you about it. (laughs) All right. Uh, Coming up next to the stage, um, he is a writer for Rift Tracks. Please welcome Joseph Scrimshaw. Thank you guys so much. I really like performing here. I love it when there's an audience on three sides of me because it feels like it's either an arena of death of some kind or perhaps the beginning of a lovely little audience hug. (laughs) Any moment, it could come in. Uh, My name is Joseph Scrimshaw. I just want to tell you a little bit about myself. I am originally from Minnesota. By applause, how many people are aware that Minnesota exists? (laughs) Excellent. Excellent. 
There are many, many wonderful things about Minnesota, but my personal favorite thing about Minnesota is that the educational video game Oregon Trail was actually invented in Minnesota. <laughs> yes, yes, and it is a huge source of pride because that is a video game that is all about leaving Minnesota. <laughs> It's a video game about people who are so desperate to leave Minnesota, they would rather die of dysentery. <laughs> a while back, I did leave Minnesota. I moved here to Los Angeles. I live right here in Hollywood, or as I like to think of it, the world capital of tiny dogs and syphilis billboards. <laughs> Luckily, I love both of those things. I think they're both adorable. So I feel very, very lucky. Uh, I kind of don't really care where I live because I spend most of my time on the internet. I would say in the average 24-hour period, I spend about 72 hours staring at Twitter. And it is, for the most part, a very pleasant experience, but every once in a while, I say something incredibly shocking and challenging and offensive. Uh, like the other day, I said, hey, I think that Ghostbusters movie with ladies might be good. And then people get very, very upset with me. And I get many, many angry tweets calling me names. And often, I have no idea what these names mean. Just the other day, I got a tweet that called me an elf-hating beta male. And I thought, Jesus Christ, I'm out of this. I have no idea what elf-hating means. What does that mean when you hate an elf? And I googled it, and I couldn't find anything. And I realized, oh, they just misspelled self-hating. Fair enough. I do fucking hate elves, though. They're awful. The worst part of Lord of the Rings. Fuck elves. Uh, but more often than not, I get called, I think, what is now like the classic insult, which is SJW, or social justice warrior, which I think is a great insult if you have no idea what the words social justice or warrior actually mean. <laughs> I mean, I know it's meant to be said, like, sarcastically, but I feel like if you're going to take the time out of your life to insult another human being, you should have an insult that at least sounds kind of, like, vicious and nasty. So uh, I wrote a blog post where I came up with some suggestions of ways we could replace social justice warrior. Uh, I suggested insults like uh, equality head and freedom tool and decency hole and Mr. Thinks Women Are People Too guy. And this blog also pissed people off really, really badly. And I got one response where a person said, you can't be a social justice warrior because social justice is just a concept and you can't fight for a concept. <laughs> I feel like that's going to come as a huge shock to things like democracy and religion. <laughs> but there you go. Uh, my personal favorite hateful response I got is went from someone claiming to be a famous person. And the famous person they were claiming to be is Joey Fatone of the boy band NSYNC. And as soon as I got that email, I was intrigued. So I emailed back right away and said, are you actually Joey Fatone? And sadly, the person never responded, so I'll never know if it was or was not Joey Fatone. So basically, I got hate mail from Schrodinger's Joey Fatone. <laughs> and the hate mail I got was this comment. You are not funny. Instead, you are a piece of shit. <laughs> and I was incredibly offended by that. Because as a comedian, I know being funny and being a piece of shit are not mutually exclusive <laughs> at all. 
so I wanted to kind of warn you about that stuff because I'm going to say a social justice opinion right now. And if you find it shockingly offensive, by all means, find me on Twitter. My handle is just my name, at Joseph Scrimshaw. If I offend you, let me know. Send me a hateful tweet. But please do hashtag it elf hater. <laughs> I will feel loved and the rest of Twitter will just be frightened and confused. <laughs> And it will be great. Here is my opinion. I think that we have a huge problem in this country with ageism. I think there are only three ages in America right now. I think there's not as old as you want to be, 25, (laughs) and might as well be dead. People turn 26, 30, 40 years old, and they're just like, What's the point? Why even go on? I think the point is that you have over half of your life left. I think life is like this uh, delicious pizza that's cut into eight slices, and we eat the first two slices, and they are fresh and hot and delicious. And then we take one small bite of the third piece, and it is slightly cooler. So we rage flip the table. Just start screaming and crying. I don't even want to eat the rest of this pizza. What's the point? It's never going to be as good as those first two pieces. Guess I'll eat it, but I won't like it. I'm just going to sit here and gnaw on this cold shit pizza and read BuzzFeed lists about how great the 90s were. I don't want to do that. I want to enjoy becoming very, very old. Because when you are very, very old, you get to be very, very cranky. Uh, recently, I was at FedEx office, and I saw a very, very cranky man. He was getting copies made, and it was not happening fast enough for him. So he pulled up a chair, and he just sat down by the counter and started yelling at the guy making the copies. <laughs> And a huge line formed behind this old man. And a young man in the line said to the old man, Hey, leave the FedEx office guy alone. He's just trying to do his job. And the old man stared at the young man and said, I am 88 years old. (laughs) Sitting down is my job. So fuck you! (laughs) And I thought, I can't wait to be old. I can't wait until sitting down is my fucking job. Thank you very much. My name is Joseph Scrimshaw. I hate elves. Joseph Scrimshaw, you guys, one more time. Rage flip. Um, All right, you guys. So uh, we have two comedians left on the show. um, And uh, I'm going to do one thing before I... Get to that part of it. Um, nope. I'm kind of nervous about it, but let's just get into it. DJ, drop that beat. I asked him not to put this one, this one on not too loud, so don't feel like he might get yelled at again. But you can go a little bit louder than this. <laughs> okay, guys. So um, this is a book that I just bought at the used bookstore that's next door to UCB. I'll tell you about this book. Uh, I was like, do you have any cheap books? And the guy was like, this shelf is all a dollar or under. And I just grabbed the first book I saw, and he rang it up, and it was... Uh, I gave him a 20 for it, and it the change was $19.73. Uh, so this is a 27-cent book. I'm guessing a quarter with tax. And as I was running out because I was late to be here, he was like, do you want a receipt? 
So I thought that was funny. Anyways, so this book, presumably filled with words. I haven't opened it up yet, but I'm sure that it is. So um, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to hand it to some person in the audience. You're going to open this book up, and you're going to find a random word. And I'm going to double down on the intersection of hip-hop and spelling backwards, because you're going to choose a word and then yell it out, and then you're going to follow along as I spell it backwards perfectly and accurately. If I spell it right, then you have to react enthusiastically, and then the rest of the crowd will be tipped off by your reaction to go nuts themselves. So one of you gets the book, you choose the word, you tell me what it is, I spell it, if I'm right, you go nuts, crowd, you go nuts. Everybody get it? All right, cool. Does anybody want to take a turn first with the book? Shit, front row, right to it. Nice pants yourself, my friend. You can, just hold the book towards the light. I did a test in the back before. What? Liz Mahago. I've never heard that word, so let's say that it has to be a word you can spell forwards. A name is a bad choice. Choose a, uh, choose a non-name word. Don't choose a word you can't pronounce. Go ahead and pass that book right along to somebody else. Yeah, she really did it. All right, buddy. You've seen how badly it can go off the rails. Wigwams. All right, man, you following along? Ready? All right, DJ, crank it up a little bit for me. All right, here we go. Wigwams. S M A W G I W. What? I missed an H. You're wrong. Does anybody in this room think Wigwams is spelled with an H? Pass that book right along, my friend. Wow. It's spelled with two H's. You're wrong. I missed two H's. Yeah, this book's from England. Okay, that's why it's 27 cents. All right, choose a word that's spelled the same in this book as normal sane people spell it. However, fantastic. You got it? You got to follow along. Did I? Okay, you got it? You can picture it? Okay, ready? Here we go. R-E-V-E-W-O-H. Okay, great. Pass it along. Time goes short, however. No, send it back a couple rows. The front row's been monopolizing it. To be honest, it's not great. Okay. Right next to the Michigan crew. Precipitation. Oh, shit. Precipitation. You're not fucking around. All right. But I got it, Doug. You ready to follow with me? All right. Yo, N-O-I-T-A-T-I-C-I. Wait. No, no, no. E-R-P. No, you're correct. I didn't get it right. All right, but we're going to take it anyway. Okay, so one for me. Well, actually, like, ten for me for handling this so well. All right, and one black mark. That's that's bad and probably isn't going to make it to the podcast, but that's okay. Thank you for distributing that book responsibly. Great. Don't take it, Megan. Someone I don't know. You take it. You got it. Choose a word. Make it as hard or harder than precipitation. I need a shot of redemption. Literary. Literary. All right. Ready? Here we go. Y-R-A-R-E-T-I-L. Okay. 
So, obviously, I've definitively proved I'm clever, but what would it be like if I flipped a freestyle with precipitation and literary and finished off with however? Check it. Yo, on the microphone, the flow is so scary. When I flip jams that are literary, inspired by literally literary books that I purchased next door. Don't take a second look at the rhyme and examine it. God damn it, it's just some shit that's coming out my brain like hail or snow or rain. No matter what, it comes down flowing. Uh, everybody sees where I'm going. Oh shit, yo, no hesitation. Let me knock off the second one, precipitation. Yo, it gave me hell. God damn, that's the only one I've ever misspelled. But in my defense, this is the only second time that I've ever done this. So presumably I might fuck this up at some times in the future. That's okay. I'm not a computer. I'm a human person prone to error. That's what makes me beautiful. And overcoming the terror is what's so fucking great, right? That's exactly why we're here at the live show tonight. However... You could say that if I set up a trick like the one that I've just done at such a lengthy extent, then it would be best if I could actually demonstrate the talent that I have, you know, represent. But I didn't, and y'all are still with me, so fuck it. Crowd, are you still with me? All right, great. Good experiment. I'm literally perspiring freely. Pass that book right on up. If any of our listeners at home are interested in checking out the book, it is uh, called Humphrey Clinker by Tobias Smollett. So uh, lots of alternate spellings and uh, unexpected names. Nice fade, DJ. That was perfect. It's like we telegraphed it. Okay, well, thanks, guys. That was a fun experiment to do for you. And to be honest, it's what I came here to do tonight. So from here on out, Barack Obama-ing it. It's the end of my term. Um... But like the president, we're still going to close fucking strong. I'm really excited to bring your pen ultimate performer to the stage. Please welcome Andrew Santino, you guys. Andrew! <laughs> very, very good. I was sitting back there listening. I was just getting real jealous. I can't do that. I'm not going to do any of that stuff. Um, is that okay? <laughs> you don't have a choice. I, um, on the way here, I saw a poster for um, Central Intelligence with The Rock. Um, can't wait to see it. <laughs> just, to, just wanted to tell you guys how I, on, in the car, I thought, God, I can't wait to fucking see that. <laughs> with The Rock and Kevin Hart. I really do. I really have this weird affinity for The Rock. I really love the, he's like the American dream. He's uh, racially ambiguous. Um, <laughs> Super successful, was a football player, an actor, a wrestler, a sex god. He's really... I'm not gay, uh, yet. I don't know, I feel like they can get you at any time. I, I, don't, know how it, I don't know how it works uh, exactly, but I do feel like they can snag you up. Uh, but my door's unlocked, just putting it out there if they're in the neighborhood. Um... I don't know, I'm not gay, uh, comfortable enough with my homosexuality, uh, sexuality, blah, 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 backwards. I'm not gay, dad. Um, I'm not gay, but if I was, I feel like uh, The Rock would be the guy that I would do gay stuff with, honestly, because he kind of is my ideal man. He's kind of the thing that I, when I see a guy like that, I think that's what I would be attracted to if I was gay. I'm not, but if I was gay, 
because he has all the muscles. I like that. I like anybody that with... He has all of them. That's undeniable. That's a fact. Every single one of them. If you do a body muscle chart, the rock... Yep, 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 yep. He has all of them. Head to toe. Beautifully in shape. You know what I mean? And... And I don't know what he is. I say racially ambiguous because I don't actually know what he is. And I feel like what a good opportunity to look in his eyes right before I kissed him and ask him, what are you, The Rock? Lean in there and get a nice wet one. You know, I, I just, you know, I just think that he would be, well, he'd be a good lover. I feel like he'd be someone, he's strong. He'd keep me protected. You know what I mean? And, and. The winter's coming, and he, I, I feel like he would just... I feel like he would cover me and, and uh, keep me safe. Um, his body's just... Impre- it's an impressive thing to look at. It's a, it's a work of art. I feel like he, he just... Uh, he can lift, and he can pull, and push, and bend, and strengthen. So many muscles on his body. You, you, uh, the penis is a muscle. Do you know that the penis is a muscle? You know that, right? And, and he works out all of them. He must work out his penis. I, I can only imagine he goes to the gym and does all the regular ones, and then he gets on that chair, uh, the sit-down thing that girls use um, to pass the time, uh, and he puts one leg on one and his penis on the other, and he just strengthens... strengthens the runners underneath his penis. Those two, you know, the two, if you lift it up, you know, the two runners that support the head, like the two, uh, you know, the, you guys, the, right in the, right in the front. And I just, I feel like, I, I feel like, uh, I feel like when, I, if we ever made love, I feel like if we did have sex, that he would, you know, hold me and insert himself inside of my body and then pick me up off the ground. Oh, so I'd be right above the earth, just right above, like when a little kid is on a toilet, just his, just my feet like that. I'd be having such a day. What a day to have. And he could lean back and, and he could show me off to his buds, you know, and I'd be like a, a marionette on his penis, just, I'm on the rock! He could show me to everybody. And he's got a strong back. He could lean back and take my neck and spin me on his cock. I could just spin. Price is right wheel. Just um, but uh, I don't know. I haven't uh, I haven't thought about it that much. It's uh, just uh, nothing. Just passing thought on the way here. Um. I'm going back home to Chicago in a week to go see my family, and uh, my my mother will inevitably try to make me go to church. I, I don't I don't go to church. I don't have anything against uh, religion at all. It's just not uh, my thing. I had a lot of like weird religious guilt as a kid that was thrown on me uh, from my Catholic parents. Like I had so much crazy Catholic guilt that I used to flip a coin to determine whether or not I was going to masturbate. <laughs> You can laugh as hard as you want at that. It's me, not you. I had to do that. I, that was my problem that I had to deal with. I would sit in my room and go, uh, heads yes, uh, tails, God says no. And I'd flip it, and I'd get tails, and I'd be like, best two out of three. I've got to do that again. I'm not going to let you win. 
It was this weird thing that I had to like overcome in my brain, this weird fear I had. And like my house was like kind of on lockdown um, because my parents had a lot of trouble with my little sister. Uh, we won't get into that. But my mom, um, my mom like refused to let anybody lock the doors inside of our home. So, you know, I got caught often. Uh, masturbating all, all, all the time all the time my mother would, it's almost as if she wanted to see it um, again creepy but just my this is my life story but um, I was thinking about like why we have locks inside of the home in the first place and and probably be- because of that like I, I can only imagine that was the only reason we had locks inside of the house I imagine when it was first invented some some wife was like, Kevin, what are you what are you doing putting locks inside of the home? We have locks on the outside of the house to keep criminals from getting in. There's no there's no criminals inside of here. Are there? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Karen, there there actually are. Um, and they're robbing me of my free time. So I, I'd like you to give me ten. You know what I mean? If you could back off. Um I want to leave you. Uh, I want to leave you with all my debt. I will. Uh, I will say this. Um, here I am. Take me if you want me. I want to give you my. Uh, this. I got into a discussion uh, with a friend of mine. This will just be another extra minute. I got into a discussion with a friend of mine about um, the existence of heaven and hell and whether or not these things are real. And he vehemently says they are. And and I said they're not. And I was just kind of fucking with him for fun. And. And he said, you don't believe in anything? And I said, no, I do believe in a heaven and a hell. And he said, well, what is it like? And I said, okay, it's, to me it's very simple. Um, hell is this place um, that's not that, – it's not that bad. It's not as bad as you've heard. It's, it's not that bad. I mean it's, it's kind of this, this big empty space. Um, you know, people are kind of rummaging about a little bit. There's no, first of all, there's no fire. I mean, that's just a – come on. <laughs> Where's this fire coming from? <laughs> All over the place? Who's stow? Is it gas? Is it coal? I mean, I just feel like that's so excessive. It's just too, even the devil would be like, this isn't a play. Enough. There's no fire. There's no fire. Um, but it's just this big, I feel like hell is this big cylindrical hole, right? Imagine just a big cylindrical hole and uh, straight up, right directly up, a hundred yards north is heaven. You can see it. You can actually physically see heaven. Everyone's having the best time up there, just partying and, and living it up. And um, the devil says to all of the, the hell patrons, he says, hey, listen, you can go up there if you can get up there, okay? If you can climb up this hole, you go ahead. And everyone says, oh, oh, really? And he says, yeah, yeah, there's a couple of rules, but, um, you know, if you can make it all the way up, uh, you're scot-free, you, you can get into heaven. And uh, you say, well, what, what are they? And he says, okay, so you have to climb up. You have to climb up this big uh, cylindrical uh, wall. And it's, uh, it's actually, uh, uh, the way to climb is it's um, made of cocks. There's cocks sticking out of the wall all the way up, just cocks everywhere. Cock, 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 tons and tons and tons of cocks. And it's familiar cock. It's cock that you know. It's like your dad, your brother, your uncle, your grandpa. <laughs> It's people that you know, and you can't just climb. Anybody can climb a cylindrical wall of cocks. You've got to suck and fuck your way all the way to the top, like a reverse plinko, just bop, 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 all the way up. And so you say, i got to get to heaven. I'm going to undertake this challenge. So, you know, of course, you start up, and you're sucking and fucking and 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 just filling up with cum, like, oh, you're turning violet, violet. You're all the way up there. Um, you're sucking a fucking, a second, a fucking, a second, a fucking, a second, and you're ping ponging your way up, and finally you're a yard away. You're one yard away. You can see it. You can smell it. You're right there, and you take a dick out of your mouth, take one out of your butt to relax for a second, take a little breather, and you look up at heaven right there, right in your grip, and you look down below, look around you, and it hits you. <laughs> You've been in heaven the whole time. <laughs> <laughs>
I gotta go. I'm Andrew Santino. Thanks a lot, you guys. Yay. I stepped backstage and walked out in the middle of the bit that ended with him being like, I haven't really thought about it, about the sex and the Wheel of Fortune. So I don't know who that was about, and I don't want to know. It's nice to not know. Because when I came out, he was like, he seems strong. Like, I bet he'd be a good lover. And I was like, oh, it must be a bit about having sex with Trump. Then he was like, and he works all the muscles in his body, including his penis. And I was like, I think my guess was wrong. It seems like. So I will remain in blissful ignorance. Um, But you guys know, and it must be a different thing for you. Uh, All right. Uh, It's time for your final performer of the show. You guys have been truly a terrific crowd, and uh, what a great way to end things out. She is awesome, a friend of mine, a hilarious comedian. Uh, Please welcome Georgia Brooks, you guys. Georgia Brooks! show, including me. Give it up for including me. <laughs> I like to open like that. No, I'm kidding. That's the first time I've done it. <laughs> thought you guys would be like, wow, it's really impressive. Um, I'm glad it's the nighttime. I like whenever the work day is over, you know, even if it's Tuesday. I, uh, I babysit kids and I walk dogs, so basically I'm just living the worst parts of other people's lives. <laughs> you know, so like they don't have to do it. <laughs> The other day, my boss, she came home and she was like, hey, how was your day? And I responded, it was great. It went by real quick. And then I was thinking about it and I was like, wow, what a sad time in my life when all that constitutes a good day is simply to pass quickly. That's it. Who's there? No? Okay. (laughs) It could have been anybody. Um... I do like babies, though. That is the best part of babysitting, is the babies. It's not the sitting. The babies. <laughs> They're so cute. I just see a baby, and I'm like, give me the baby. Like, I just want to hold it and, like, squeeze it. Except for, like, newborn babies. They're pretty gross, right? Because you're like, ooh, that is fresh. <laughs> uh, no, I don't want to hold it. It was just touching your pussy. <laughs> A baby's not a slice of pizza. This isn't the five-second rule. You can't just take out your baby and blow on it and hand it to me. You got to air it out. (laughs) And then I'll hold it, but for money. I'll hold it for money. How come every time you see a newborn baby, it looks wet? Have you noticed that? It's just, like, all sweaty, and its hair stuck to its face. It just can, like, not acclimatize to earth yet. (laughs) I'm like, every time I see that, I'm like, ooh, somebody throw that baby a towel. (laughs) Mostly, though, because, like, how cute would it be if a little baby was just toweling itself off? (laughs) So cute. One time, this is going to be a lot about babies. I just turned 28, so babies... No, I'm not thinking too much. And I just wanted to brag about being probably the youngest person on the show. Just, no, just kidding. What was I doing? Was it stand-up? Uh, <laughs> one time... <laughs> one time I was sitting beside a baby on a plane. And part of me wanted that plane to go down just so I could see that little baby wearing a tiny oxygen mask. <laughs> 
don't worry, I would have put mine on first, but you know. And I'd like, Delvin, Divin, Dovin, to the baby. I wouldn't have taught it how to speak, though. Can't do that. You guys watch The Bachelor? All right. Slow admittance. <laughs> mm, yes, I do. I love it. I love The Bachelor. My favorite part about The Bachelor is that it is very embarrassing to be a contestant on The Bachelor. Right? It's like, none of America is going to remember, but all of your friends will. <laughs> so crazy. I really want to go on The Bachelor. I, I am in, a, I am in a, a serious relationship, but as soon as it's over, I'm going to audition. <laughs> I feel like, the, I, I always think this is what would happen, though. It'd be like day one, and I'd be talking to the camera, like those camera one-on-ones, and I'd be like... Well, uh, I came on for a bit, but now I'm in love. <laughs> right away, <laughs> right away. So, anyways, look for me, 2018 Bachelorette. <laughs> I was recently in a uh, pretty bad car accident, and I had to go to the hospital to get like x-rays and stuff. Just x-rays. <laughs> and you guys know when you get x-rays, those like flat bean baggy things that they drape over your body? Some people have insurance. Does anyone <laughs> know what I mean? You do? Okay, wicked. This is for you. <laughs> so when I was getting it, the x-ray technician, he held one of those flat beanbaggy things up, and he goes, I'm just going to drape this right over your uterus in case you want to have kids someday. <laughs> and I was like, fucking skip it. <laughs> You know, like, at least if nothing else good, I'd never have to pay for an abortion. <laughs> Which is great. I didn't know that x-rays came with birth control. <laughs> I'm from Canada, and we get those for free. Uh, no, we don't get birth control for free, but we do get abortions. It's a weird policy. <laughs> In hindsight. You get five, and then the Canadian government is like, all right, well, we respect your choice, but you're being a drain on the system. <laughs> no. You have to cut it out. Keep it. You're going to keep it. I hate that I did that other comics thing. You know, the really famous one. <laughs> the podcast won't see it, though. I didn't do anything wrong. Sometimes I'll, uh, sometimes I'll be having sex with a guy, and he'll look me right in the eyes or wherever. And he'll be like, baby, baby, I want to make you come. And I'm always like, oh, my God, thank you for telling me, because from what you're doing, I had no idea. <laughs> I thought you were just trying to give me a UTI. This is great. <laughs> I love our communication. <laughs> I did just get health insurance in the States. Uh, it's really complicated. It's really hard to use. In Canada, we get it for free. I used to go to the doctor like once a week. One time I went to the doctor just because my butt was itchy. <laughs> so, you know, I, go a lot. I went a lot. But uh, I just went for the first time here. And it's like, I just want to say, fuck copay. Fuck it. I hate it so much. It's really rude, right? It reminded me of this boyfriend I used to date. <laughs> His nickname was copay. No, uh... <laughs> He'd always, like, take me on a date, and then he'd be like, I got this. Do you just want to leave the tip, though? <laughs> I was like, oh, fuck, you know? I wish I just had the wherewithal to be like, that's like a copay on this date. What? You know? All right. Well, cool. Uh, you're going to have to copay on this blowjob. <laughs> I'll suck your dick, uh, but you have to swallow. 
Just... And I'm like not really sure how we're going to do that, but I did steal this ramekin from the dinner we both just paid for. So. That's the most act out. Jake talked about this earlier. Uh, if you ever call Jake, first comic on the show. I didn't need to say any of that. Uh, <laughs> do you guys think... You'll see why I said it in a second. Because I do his joke. Um, <laughs> do you guys think it's suspicious that the people who argue against gay marriage by being like, then what's to stop somebody from marrying their dog are also the exact same people who are most likely to marry their dog? <laughs> Every time I hear that, I'm like, ooh, did they forget to finish your thought? Because <laughs> I feel like what they meant to say was... If gay people get married, then what's to stop somebody from marrying their dog? Hope it's nothing. <laughs> Gotta get to patches before the horse does. <laughs> yeah, it was worth it to copy his joke, I think. Um, so one time a boyfriend broke up with me because he got cancer. And then he survived. <laughs> what a fucking asshole. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Go kill yourself. Now he's just like still skateboarding. No problems. <laughs> Good night, guys. <laughs> Georgia Brooks. Well, thank you guys so much. Um, that's the show. We're here every Tuesday. We... The show, sometimes including me, uh, is here every Tuesday. Uh, please come back and uh, a round of applause for yourselves and all the people who did comedy for you tonight. <laughs> Podcast listeners, thank you guys for listening. And uh, yeah, I'm Zach Sherwin. Thanks a lot. Come back. Bye. Put your hands together. 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 Get ready to laugh. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Get ready to clap. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. This is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season three has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, season three is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Fake nuts. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> Oh, Jesus! I mean, Jazos! <laughs> Ruler of the eighth 
circle. And that's just the beginning. Season three of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.